Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 160 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're listening. For only the second time in the history of the podcast, I'm getting the chance to talk with the parent of a current professional player. Previously, I got to talk with Donald McDonald, formerly of the North Melbourne Kangaroos and father of current Roo, Luke McDonald. In this episode, I'm joined by Doug Herring, the father of Danny Marshall, the first American player who was born, raised, and grew up in the United States to play in the AFLW. This is a very, very enjoyable conversation, and if you're a footy fan, you'll definitely enjoy it. But if you're the parent of a child who is in the process of or getting ready to make or is considering making a significant life decision, you might find some wisdom in this discussion as well. So let's jump into our talk with Doug Herring, and I appreciate Doug taking time out of his day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest today has one of the most unique, I guess you would call it an indirect connection to professional footy in Australia. Uh, in fact, he, he, I think he's the only person, as we were talking off air, that this would apply to. I'd like to welcome Doug Herring to the podcast. Doug, thanks for taking time out of your afternoon, sir. Hey, thanks, Craig. I really appreciate it. This is a, this is a conversation that I'm looking forward to. You know, we've, we've traded messages quite a bit on, uh, on social media, uh, well, on a couple different platforms, until one of them decided to banish me. <laughs> Sorry, I figure I have to go ahead and, and give them a little bit of a, a you know, tongue lashing there to start out so you know your name is not necessarily known in footy but you have a very unique vantage point and can you tell our listeners about why I reached out to you and asked you to come on the podcast because some people may be sitting here going who is Doug Herring please tell us yeah. who you are sir <laughs> right well, I guess occasionally I get mentioned on Wharf Radio because Peter Holden will also will occasionally say, oh, and Doug Herring and Marianne Herring are probably watching from Colorado. There you go. Uh, but uh, I'm sure nobody noticed that. So, um, yeah, my daughter, our daughter is Danny Marshall or Danielle Marshall, uh, who played for the, the AFLW Bulldogs for a couple of years and was delisted last year. And she's now playing BFLW with the uh, Essendon Bombers. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, how I've got involved in footy more recently. Okay, and I had the I had the the pleasure of talking to Danny way back early, in the early days of the podcast, back in episode nineteen when she was okay. you know, she had just gone yeah. she had first gone over there, and uh, and it was a a unique situation because again, you know, at that point in time, people didn't have a clue who I was doing the podcast. Um, but you know, her story was absolutely fascinating and I, and we, we won't rehash that part of it. If, if you want to sure. learn more about what Danny did to get there, please go back and listen to episode 19. Uh, and I actually had Peter Holden on the podcast on episode 62 as well. So, um, but what was your, when you, when she decided that she was going to make this trek to Australia, what was your reaction when she said, you know what, dad, I'm going to go to play football in Australia. 
Yeah. Um, well, I had known a little bit about the game just because uh, I'm old enough to remember when ABC had a show called The Wide, Wide World of Sports on Saturday afternoons, mm-hmm. and they would show sports from around the world. So, you know, I had seen, I had kind of seen it. I knew that at least from an American perspective, it's kind of a crazy game. And, but I think I was really excited for her. I, I um, maybe a little surprised that, that Ryan, her husband was so excited about going, but, you know, she's always wanted you know, I think she mentioned when you talked to her, she's always wanted to play a contact sport. I remember watching her play some uh, pickup football with some guys at the local park when she's about 13 or 14 and embarrassing <laughs> Uh, a few of them. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, just something she's always dreamed about. And, uh, you know, it's she and Ryan were in a position to do it. And, you know, it's another country. And you know, I think it's a nice adventure. And I think other than the fact we knew we'd miss her. Right, uh, right. Yeah, we were pretty excited about it. Pretty supportive. Okay, so they didn't, did they, did they sit down and make out a pros and cons list at all that, uh, yeah, not that I know of. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't ask him that kind of detail because you know we live in Colorado. They were living in Phoenix at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was playing for the Arizona Hawks, um, and uh, so yeah, they didn't really discuss it with us. It was just sort of like, okay, um, hello, we're we've made a decision, and uh, you know, I knew she was playing USAFL, what USAFL, uh-huh. uh, and. Uh, knew that she was doing pretty well, but I also knew that the level for the USAFL, it's not nearly, you know, VFLW or AFL, certainly not AFLW. So, um, you know, having been now to a couple of games, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's definitely a different experience, different so, level. So what was it like, you know, you said you had watched a few games, but you had, you hadn't been totally immersed in the game at that point in time, but, what was it like when you went ahead and listened to your the, your first VFLW game that you that she played in when you were uh, listening to it on Wharf Radio? What was that experience like? Yeah, that was you know first of all because of the time difference, I think it was one or two in the morning or something crazy like that. So um, you know, so other than the fact that I was half asleep while I was listening and then trying to <laughs> you know recollect you know different. Uh, AFL games that I had watched in the past and, and, uh, you know, trying to imagine as I hear Peter Holden and his crew, you know, announcing different things like, you know, Oh, you know, the ref, the umpire is going to call for a ball up, you know, and uh-huh. trying to imagine what that looked like. And this is going to be a boundary throw. And, you know, just again, listening to on the radio and trying to imagine, uh, just, you know, what the activity was like, trying to, you know, kind of make it, I listen to a lot of sports or watch a lot of sports. And so trying to compare all those things and and trying to visualize what was happening on the field is sort of a neophyte. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was, that was certainly an interesting experience, especially, like I said, at whatever it was, one or 2 a.m. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm just, I was, as you're talking about that, I'm wondering, you know, if you got to the point where they said, you know, and the ball is going into the forward pocket and you kind of reach to the front of your pants to wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, no, nothing like that. I mean, I knew, you know, I knew more or less what the oval looked like. I mm-hmm. knew, 
you know, the 50 meter arc or, you know, whatever it's called, but the, you know, the 50 meter line and all that sort of thing. And so I had an idea. I knew, you know, I knew what the posts looked like for the goals and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just visualizing the play side to side. And then uh, interesting enough, when I first told a friend of mine about this, he had grown up in Papua New Guinea and he had, he had actually played, Australian rules football okay. as a kid and so he and I had talked about it and he, he actually informed me of a couple of rules that I didn't know so um so yeah I had an idea and it was like I said fun to listen to and try to imagine of course the hard thing is uh the, the other hard thing was is Danny in the game and um she had such a a good first game that uh, it seemed like Peter was calling her name. I think she actually scored a couple of maybe two goals that game. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, the announcers were quite, uh, quite uh, complimentary, which of course as a parent was really nice and made it worth staying up um, to, to listen to. Um, and uh, yeah, I think one of the announcers, I can't remember what he said, but, you know, she was kind of all over the field that game as well. She was mm -hmm. playing forward. She was playing, you know, in the ruck and, and I think maybe even a little bit of defense that game. So uh, that was kind of, that was kind of fun too, but not, not ever really knowing if she was on the field or not until her name came up. That was, that was also kind of difficult. Well, yeah, you could have, you could, you know, in depending upon the situation, you could have a player who's on the ground darn near the entire game but if the ball stays on the opposite side of the ground you'd have no idea that they're out there at all exactly That's you know and so like i said fortunately the ball got to her quite a bit well, and, and uh like i said it was nice as parents to you know hear some favorable things being said mm -hmm. i think i think actually the uh one of the one of the commentators maybe after the game said something like you know well she definitely deserves a place on the list and I wasn't sure at that point if she was talking about VFLW or AFLW, but it was still nice to hear. So how hard was it these last couple of years, you know, having Danny and her husband uh, basically sequestered away in Australia and, you know, and sequester is probably a pretty good, you know, descriptive term to use for what was going on in Victoria at that point in time. Uh, how, sure. how, how difficult was that for, for you and your wife and for, for the two of them? I think it was really difficult because, um, you know, they were just starting to make friends there. Of course, they, you know, Ryan especially had just moved to Australia, didn't, hadn't made many friends yet. He did, did get a job. But uh, I think the other thing that's really coincidental is we actually had plane tickets to fly out. We were supposed to fly out uh, the morning of March 12th, 2020. So, Pretty much, you know, the day as countries around the world were starting to shut down, we canceled uh -huh. our tickets about an hour before we were going to leave for the airport. So wow. it was sort of doubly disappointing because, uh, you know, here we thought we had high hopes. In fact, we had bags packed with with even rolls of toilet paper uh -huh. um, because, uh, you know, we were hearing about empty Shortages. shelves there as well. Right. Um, and. Uh, we were in such denial that I think it took us about two weeks to, to unpack our bags. Mm -hmm. And then of course we finally got over there. Uh, just gosh, we just arrived home a week ago today. Um, yeah, a week ago today. 
but yeah, it was, it was extremely difficult to know that not only were they there so far away, but that we couldn't, even if we had time or whatever, we couldn't go visit because the country just wasn't open to travel. Right, right. That's, uh, it was, and even today, still parts of it are, you could make the argument are still not quite open because, you know, West Australia has still been somewhat restrictive in terms of who's going in and going out. And they've just kind of begun to open borders here recently. Uh, well, and then, you know, it was kind of funny because even with our trip this time, we, we were scanning the uh, Australian government website and we didn't realize till till almost it was too late that we had to have a COVID test before we got on the plane. Mm-hmm. So we did we did manage to get a COVID test uh, literally a few hours before we boarded to, to leave Los Angeles. And then uh, we also were in australia before we realized we had to have a covid test to come back to the usa so you know a lot of those uh restrictions are still out there even though they're starting to be uh reduced and that's not that's not something that the airline would have been enforcing on you they wouldn't have they wouldn't have not allowed you on the aircraft you just would not have been allowed to go through customs when you arrived correct oh actually no the the air the uh both both directions the air uh the uh the airline carrier checked uh documents so we oh, had okay. to show evidence of full vaccination as well as a negative covid test okay well that's so so good to know if you're if you're traveling in the near future for yeah sure. well i'm i'm not i was i was hoping to i was considering hoping to do it next year when i turned 60 in uh mm-hmm. 2023 but uh uh like I said, I've still got my youngest to get through uh, her last year of college yet, so okay. that's going to get pushed onto the back burner for a while here, I think, and uh, we shall see. Um, so, what were some of the experiences like? You know, first of all, you, you you hadn't seen each other in person for at least a couple of years, right? Yeah, so, about two and a half years. Yeah, so I, you know, I don't want to get into the 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 too many of the details, but what was can you give us kind of an overarching, what was that like when, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if, if she picked you up at the airport or you, you know, how that worked out, but what was that like that first reunion, that first moment without, and don't get too specific. I don't, you know, that's, but. Sure. No, I mean, it was exciting. It was uh, on the one hand, it, it felt like it had been forever. And on the other hand, it, it felt like it had been yesterday. I don't know if you've ever had one of those kind of reunions. It feels like that. So, um, but the good news is, I mean, I actually had thought that, that maybe after, cause we stayed with, with Ryan and Danny for most of the, the trip or actually mm-hmm. all the trip. And, uh, I was actually expecting after a couple of days for them to say, Oh, Hey, mom and dad, could you guys go get a hotel for a week or so, you know? Um, but that didn't happen. And we actually had a really good time. So yeah, it was great. That's good. That's, that's fantastic. And you, you mentioned, uh, you know, that you were there recently. What were some of the, uh, most interesting things that you experienced while you were there? What's up, what's some of the stuff that you saw? Cause I, I mean, I've seen a lot of your photos up on social media but uh yeah well you know um interesting things about the country are just you know some of the difference between the u.s and and australia that we noticed and you know 
just everything from getting used to being in a car, driving on the left side of the road to, uh, you know, speed limits being, uh, at least from what I understand, more, you know, rigorously enforced and, and some, just some of the other just policies around the, the country um, about, you know, even, you know, the campaign to, to keep, you know, for just one example is the campaign to keep people, um, you know, safe from skin cancer. So uh, I think it's slip slop something, you know, and it's about putting on a, you know, long sleeve shirt and making sure you're wearing sunscreen, and making sure you're wearing a hat and things like that. So, um, yeah. And then, then, of course, there's, you know, some of the sight thing, seeing things. So we went to the Melbourne Zoo and, and really enjoyed the zoo there, but um, really found the people really friendly. One just kind of funny story about, um, at least that I think was funny, was we were on a tram, just my wife and I going to the zoo uh, and deciding what stop we wanted to get off at. And uh, all of a sudden, three or four people around us were giving us advice as, you know, what what the best stop to get off on and mm-hmm. do we want to transfer trains to get closer? Or, and so that was, that was, you know, the fact that that three or four people, <coughs> you know, were so helpful, like, that was that was really nice. So um, yeah, just really enjoyed a lot of that. Okay, so you did you get into did you stay in Victoria or did you get out of Victoria while you were there? Uh, we went to Sydney for a few days. We okay. we actually flew with with Danny and Ryan, and so that was also fun to just go with them and be able to be with them for a few days. And Ryan had never been to Sydney, so we did you know mostly sightseeing type things, and then we went out took the train out to Katoomba Falls in, in Katoomba and um, that's really beautiful out there in the Blue Mountains so really enjoyed that. Now was there anything that you missed out on that you get on the flight on the way home and you buckle the seatbelt and you go oh crap we didn't get to see this? Well I think the list of that was probably pretty long there's there's okay. really a lot to do there. Okay. Um we saw almost none of downtown Melbourne for example which is something I wanted to do was just go through the business district and mm-hmm. and see some of the I understand there's a lots of neat little restaurants and and uh and muse- maybe a few museums down there or something so yeah we didn't get to any museums uh in so I think yeah I think the list uh of things to see once we get back uh, is is pretty long still. Okay, well, I was going to ask you that later, but uh, that's I a also good, wanted a good to get time. around to disc golf in, but um, didn't manage to do that either. So, okay. now is that something that's 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 played there? Is that something uh, that's- they do have a, a Melbourne Disc Golf Club, and okay. uh, they do have some courses around the city. In fact, there was a temporary one set up in the park just outside the zoo and uh royal park i think it's called and uh but it it came down the day that i i had kind of contacted some people and was hoping to get out to play Mm -hmm. so um so that was that was a little disappointing but i'm not sure i would have had time to go anyway so when is your next trip scheduled uh no not scheduled but you know um or in the if, or if Danny gets picked back up if, if Danny gets an AFLW contract I I have a pretty strong desire to go see a AFLW game and assuming the 
the uh, season actually starts in August and runs through, I think, December. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of eyeing sometime in October. Okay. Okay. So what was it, what was the process like, you know, when she was going through the tryouts, you know, with the VFLW and then into the, into the, the, the highest level with the AFLW, what was, what was that like for her? And what was that like from your vantage point? Yeah, I think maybe it was a little more stressful for us than for Danny. Danny team seems to, she takes a lot of things in stride and step by step. Um, you know, she's always optimistic, but doesn't really get stressed about it. She just does her best and, you know, lets the cards uh, fall. That's the right uh, metaphor. Um, but yeah, so she went over and uh, her first game was actually with a local club. It was with Aberfeldy. Mm -hmm. And is you know, I guess I'll put my words on it and that she did so well that immediately people were saying, no, you need to, you know, get to the next level. So uh, she had a connection. And again, I think she mentioned this when she talked to you, she had a connection uh, to the Bulldogs. And so, you know, they pretty quickly, I guess, got her over to the BFLW and said, you know, Hey, you know, this is, this is what she did over at Aberfeldy. We, we think you need to look at her. Uh, and I think she was playing, within a week or two, if I remember the story. Yeah, I think something like um, that, yeah. And then it was really just a matter of, you know, how good do you have to be in VFLW games to get to the AFLW? Right, and right. It was pretty clear after four or five weeks, of course, she was scoring a lot of goals, which, you know, doesn't hurt. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, there was uh, a little delay in the announcement between the time she was, she told us that, she had a contract and I'm trying to remember how that all worked in terms of the timing, but, uh, or maybe we had, to, maybe she knew and we had to wait um, for the, for the actual announcement that she had got an AFLW contract. So, um, cause obviously there's things she can't tell us that, that are going on. Right. Right. At least right as until they become public, just, yeah. just for fear that we might say something, not that we would, but just, you know, just in case we let something slip that the team, right. the club wasn't ready to announce. So, um, yeah, I think it was a little probably more stressful for us, just not really knowing. Okay. But uh, I think Danny always had it. You know, she was she was pretty good that even if she didn't get the contract, I mean, she would have been disappointed. But I think, uh, like I said, she's she's pretty good about just you know putting her head down and working hard and and doing whatever the coaches ask. And I think that helped a lot probably. Well, and, and, you know, she, she got delisted and uh, you know, she, she's now with Essendon, but that had to be, you know, a little disappointing as a, as a parent, when you got the, the phone call or the, the discussion on zoom or however it came through that, you know, Hey, I, I this opportunity has gone away, but uh, this other one may be coming up sometime. And then, in the near future. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this is a place where I may have been more optimistic than anybody else. I mean, I thought she had played well enough uh, in the two years with the Bulldogs that somebody else might pick her up, mm -hmm. you know, in the next draft pretty, pretty quickly. And I think, you know, maybe due to her age, maybe new to be an American and, and, you know, actually in some ways what she's done is pretty amazing because she's only been playing the, the sport for, 
you know, five or six years. Right, right. Um, you know, even now. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was I was pretty disappointed, but I was also pretty optimistic that somebody would would pick her up right away. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I was probably more disappointed that she didn't get picked up in the draft. Uh, subsequently, I'm, I'm pretty excited that she's playing with Essendon. We got mm-hmm. got to watch a game while we well, two games, actually, while we were there. Okay. And she played well in both. One was against your cats and and the other was against Car- was it Carlton? Um, no, North Melbourne. And, uh, you know, she played well in both games and, and that was pretty nice to see. So very hopeful that with the expansion, especially that 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 creates some additional opportunities. Yeah, I, that's what, that was going to be my next question is that do you think that you know, is the, is the possibility there of her, you know, jumping back up to that top level for, you know, hopefully in August, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, as you probably know, I mean, Essendon's, um, I guess they're number two on the ladder right now, but still undefeated Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, playing really well. And they have some, some top players, they have players on the VFLW list that, that at least from my observation are, you know, very likely to be, uh, on the AFLW squad. And I think Danny's, you know, my, my opinion, obviously I'm a little biased, but I think Danny's certainly As good enough. Be. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think she's playing really, really well. And I think uh, I forget which game it was that was streamed on YouTube as well. It seemed like, uh, you know, again, Peter Holden and his crew were, were pretty constantly. I think she had uh, seven, maybe defensive marks in the just like the first quarter or first half. Um, mm-hmm. It was pretty phenomenal, really. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just my observations of of both how she played with the Bulldogs as well as what she's doing with Essendon, and then you know maybe not everybody knows because not everybody follows the VFLW, but. Uh, you know, with the Bulldogs, she was playing primarily forward, and and she's asked, and and Essendon has uh, agreed to play her almost exclusively in defense, and that's where she played soccer is mm-hmm. is in defense, and okay. I think she really likes it. She can see the full field. Um, one of the things in soccer she was always really good at is seeing the field and distributing the ball uh, to people who were open or who, you know, would do something good with it. And so I, I really think, especially with, with her ability to clear the ball, if she needs to, um, not that I understand strategically that, you know, you don't always want to just kick the ball, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 meters out of defense. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, she has the ability to, to kick the ball, say 50 meters in the air, which, I think especially in the, the women's game is is maybe not unique, but at least, you know, puts her in the top distance kickers. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps a lot along with her. Just she's the other thing that I've noticed in terms of, um, you know, her playing with Essendon and playing defense is her overall physicality, I think, has improved. She's learned to use her body better and just really take people off the ball. So, yeah, I'm pretty – Okay. Uh, I was pretty disappointed, but I'm pretty optimistic that she'll be on an AFLW squad, probably yeah. Essendon, but, you know, if they don't want her, I think that she's shown well enough to, to hopefully have somebody else pick her up. 
and as we're seeing, you know, already there's beginning to to be shifting of players right. from one club to another. You know, and I had uh, one of her one of her teammates. I had Kendra Heil, who's a Canadian. Um, yeah, I had Kendra on the podcast uh, about three or four months ago. Um, you know, just a, a delightful person as well, and you know has a whole career going on there working as an artist and I, and I was I was going to ask you that as well as you know now that now that that she's been established there as you mentioned her husband's is 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 working there as well now she she found a a job that she's doing to go along with uh the footy as well yeah so um you know one thing maybe a lot of people don't know is she's uh she has an engineering background and mm-hmm. she was prior to moving uh, she was working with a laser company and she had actually started her own custom laser uh, company. And so she's working with a laser uh, company there part-time in uh, in Melbourne. And then she also works uh, one day a week for a food pantry running, kind of taking care of uh, a food pantry. I forget which part of town it's in, but so yeah, she's uh She's doing that and she's enjoying, I think, both of those. Okay. But it, as you said, you know, the, the, the allure of, of an athlete to make the jump to the AFLW may not be great yet because of the remuneration, because of the financial aspect of it right now, mm-hmm. because that hasn't necessarily caught up to the game yet, but hopefully that's going to happen as as the, you know, the comp gets to, you know, the full 18 clubs, hopefully that, and, and, and I, and as you've seen, you know, as you've been watching the game for the last several years that she's been playing, would you, would you say that the skill levels of the athletes have improved in terms of the, the actual footy skills that you think those have improved collectively since she's been there? Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say since I've really been in terms of watching the sport in any detail. It's, it's, I'm not sure I have a good answer to that. I mean, I, I think like I watched, uh, I didn't, I did not end up watching the grand final for the women, but I did end up watching uh, both of the the semifinal games, and I really think, especially on the top clubs, and I have you know because I'm not as familiar with this as maybe somebody who watches it all the time consistently mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's coaching or just you know the top teams manage to get the best players um i do think the level on those those four squads were you know pretty impressive and uh, i do think uh you know in terms of athleticism i think there's no doubt that that the women are extremely athletic i think the other thing that you know if the women were full-time uh you know, they would probably train even harder. I'm guessing right, I know right. they train hard enough as it is, but, um, you know, I think we all know whatever, whatever sports or hobbies we've had is, you know, there's just a certain number of hours that has to go into training to make you excellent. Mm-hmm. And so I do think, uh, and I don't know all the details. Uh, I've seen a few things on social media discussions about, you know, between Australians about, you know, making the women full-time and, you know, things like where will the money come from and all those sorts of things. And I do think, uh, I think the expansion in the long run will help. I know some people are concerned about diluting 
the talent, at least in the short run. And, and, you know, that may be possible. I think, you know, that's happened in certain American sports where we've had expansion. I think it's certainly happened in the NFL back, you know, if you, I'm trying to remember when the last expansion was, but it, do, it does seem like in the short run, expansion affects that. But in the long run, uh, it actually helps the sport. So, um, you know, how long is the long run for the via, for the AFLW? I'm, I'm not really sure, but certainly making the women full-time as well as, you know, uh, having, you know, a few years of being full-time, I, I could see maybe in the next three years for sure, mm -hmm. uh, the, the level really improving. I, I could see, again, I'm not an expert on the game, but, but I also have an opinion that, that, you know, as long as the women get good coaching and good training, that going to an 18, you know, just like the men having 18 players on the field instead of 16 will help and not hurt. I know there's, you know, some, some argument about that, but I think it would help expand the field and, and allow the women to play more laterally as well. But, you know, I could that's, be totally wrong a, about that, that but that's, that's my observation point, as a sports fan. Well, and one of the other neat things that is that, over these next few years, you know, since the AFLW has come into existence, you know, the women's footy down at the, at the younger girls ages, you know, that preteen and teenager and that sort of thing has begun to absolutely explode. So you have, you have coming through the pipeline here very soon, this large number of, of athletes who are not coming from netball or are not coming from cricket or coming from basketball or soccer or whatever, they're coming from seven or eight years of having played footy. So I think, you know, I, there was a, uh, there's a YouTube channel, uh, a to Z footy that I, I they talked about how it's going to be this exponential growth, mm -hmm. you know, with, with this backfill that's coming in here. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in the next three or four years with this. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's right. That's a good observation as well as you know if you combine. I mean, I think I think uh, big change comes with a lot of little changes, and I think that along with you know if if the women see this as a viable full time uh, job or whatever, um, even if it's not lucrative. Uh, you know, perhaps more women will train specifically for it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with the idea that they will play professionally, not just, um, you know, say, uh, you know, in a league up until they're 18 and getting ready to go to university and then they quit. Um, you know, if they see it as a viable option for, you know, at least a few years of, of being their profession or their career or, um, that I think, yeah, and then I think, you know, all those things will bring more coaching and better coaching and, and, uh, you know, that's not to say anything bad about the current coaches in the AFLW. I don't, I don't know any of them personally. So right, right. Um, they, they could be wonderful coaches. Um, but again, they probably don't have as much time with their players as, as they would like to have. If, oh, I'm sure if they could. I'm sure. So, I've got just a couple more things that I wanted to, to ask you before we wrap up here. Sure. Um, how you, you get off the plane. Yes. You've, you've spoken to her via zoom or FaceTime or whatever the case may be for the last couple of years, but yeah. you, you got settled in, you got a chance to sit in the same room and actually get to stay in the same home with her for a while. They didn't chase you off to a hotel, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, 
how has being in Australia for these last two and a half years or so changed your daughter? Yes, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, let's think. So, and just I, while, while I you're don't, thinking, I don't, you know, I think what one thing I'll say. I don't know if this is a change or not. Probably not really a change, but but Ryan and Danny are really happy, and I think uh, I think being able to play footy at the level she's playing, being able, you know, as disappointed she was as being delisted, being able to play in the AFLW at the top level, and being at you know at least competent, right? I mean, she didn't get delisted after the first season. And she did get significant playing time. So I think that was really exciting for her uh, in terms of how it changed her. I think they've really adopted well or adapted well mm -hmm. to the Australian lifestyle. And, uh, you know, wasn't really sure. I think they were maybe not skeptical, but, you know, tentative about how that might go. And so I think that's changed a bit. I think that, I think maybe it's changed them to mellow a bit. Okay. Okay. How has it changed and, you? Uh, yeah. So how has it changed me? Um, yeah. You know, I think always as a parent, you're kind of thinking about your kids and, mm -hmm. you know, especially when they're little, right. What, you know, you've got your last one in college now and you're, you're thinking about, you know, what is it going to be like when they grow up? And, you know, I'm, I've always been a sports dad. In fact, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I was sort of that dad for a couple of years, um, that overzealous dad. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad you elaborated a little bit because I was going to ask your definition of what that dad was. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but that dad that everybody knew because, uh, uh -huh. you know, couldn't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> And, and those sorts of things. And, um, but I think uh, for me, I don't know if it's changed me so much as it has made me really happy to see her happy, to see her pursuing the things that she enjoys to do them at a level that is hot, a, a very high level. I mean, the fact that she's, she's always played sports at a high level. She's also, you know, the fact that she's, got an engineering degree probably says something about her intellect and her mm -hmm. ability uh i was probably <clears throat> not very well known as i was at home parent with her for the first few years um uh, up until i think almost age five okay and so sometimes i i jokingly say it's my fault that she's so competitive because <laughs> i've always i've always hated to lose when i play sports yeah. and i know she, even though she's a very gracious person she hates to lose as well um and uh but how it's changed me i think uh just as a parent it's just made me uh maybe a little more flexible myself because in some ways i'm a little envious um about her adventure and how successful it's been and so uh, in fact, I was probably quicker than my wife was when we found out Australia was opening up to say, hey, we need to get airplane tickets. You know, we uh -huh. need to do this like now. And, yeah. and so it's made me, I think, a lot less hesitant to do the things I really want to do. Took okay. me 62 years to get there. But uh, but yeah, I think I think Danny and, and Ryan have caused uh, some of that. OK, now, have they given any thought to 
what's going to happen when her playing career is done? I mean, is this is is Australia in the cards for the long term? Or and again, I don't, I don't. I, if there's, please tell me to shut up. If this is not something that it should be made public, we can certainly edit this out here because I don't. I'm not wanting to let the cat out of the bag on anything here. Yeah. Well, I think. I think as far as the things that I can, you know, say is one is, I mean, I know that that her view is that, you know, she'll play basically as long as they'll let her. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, and I could, you know, and, and, you know, I'll just be really, really candid here. She and Ryan did not say this, but, but I get the impression uh, again, just sort of, maybe dad's intuition um, that, yeah, I could see them staying there a long, long time and, and possibly even permanently. Okay. Um, like I said, I, I don't know that, um, but I do know they're really enjoying life. Um, okay. They're really enjoying being in Australia. Um, do I think there might come a time that they miss the U S and kind of want to come home? I think that could happen at some point, but I don't suspect it's happening, you know, soon, especially okay. if she, you know, and I think that's especially true if she gets back in the AFLW. I mean, okay. I know she loves playing in the VFLW as well. So, I mean, I can right. see her, you know, I can see her sticking around just to do that for quite a while, but yeah, I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk directly about that subject and, okay. and, uh, but I know, like I said, they're, you know, at least for now, they're really enjoying Australia. They like living there. They've made, you know, more and more friends. And of course, the longer they're there, the more they'll make. Okay. And uh, they're, they're enjoying the adventure. I could see them being there. Like I said, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're there for a long, long time. Okay. And have you, uh, have you, as you're sitting there watching a game in the middle of the night or listening to a game <laughs> in the middle of the night, done a google search for retirement property in or around melbourne um well, not for, not formally but while i was there i was looking at different properties you know the the thing the, the challenge with living in colorado springs is that uh even though people around here complain about the increase in housing prices and we have mm -hmm. had we've been one of the fastest growing uh you know, cities in the country in terms of housing prices, but we're still nowhere near um, Melbourne. And uh, so, uh, you know, because it's a smaller city, you know, it's, it's not priced, even with the increases, it's not anywhere near something like, well, even Denver, but, you know, places like, you know, Los Angeles or San Diego, right, or right. some of the bigger cities in the US, you know, they're still what probably you know two to three times what Colorado Springs is and and what I found in Melbourne is uh, you know pretty much very you know maybe not quite as expensive as say the beach cities of Los Angeles but you know some of the some of the properties are and so uh, as much as I thought about something like that I'm I'm not sure that's really in the cards although uh, an extended trip is certainly not out of the question and certainly liked Australia well enough to imagine, you know, going down and renting a place there for a year or two if, uh -huh. if, uh, if we could get the right visas. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the time, really enjoyed watching Danny play. And if, if she got picked up to AFLW, um, 
you know, our, our youngest, uh, one, one of them just graduated from college, actually Colorado School of Mines, just like Danny. Mm-hmm. The other one is, is still finishing up. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I could, I could see something like that happening. Okay. Okay. Now, my last question for you is, uh, okay. What, what advice do you have for parents who might find themselves with kids in a situation somewhat similar to what you have dealt with, with Danny? Now they may not be getting ready to go play australian football halfway around the world but it could be some sort of a large dramatic move like that what kind of advice would you have for them yeah well i mean it's really hard to say universally but i would say my general advice is to at least listen and and certainly you know if you find that that the dream is real that that there's a real possibility Mm-hmm. uh yeah let let them let them try i mean i mean i think the great thing that i saw was that that ryan and danny were both really excited um and that that like i said as, as a parent i knew this was always her dream to play a professional sport had been for for years mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I think, you know, as much as we knew we'd miss them, miss her, uh, you know, a little scared it might not work out, but, uh, you know, the especially seeing <laughs> the rewards, seeing how happy she is, seeing her success, even, even if it ends up being temporary, um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I... I have to say as a parent, it's just an amazing feeling. And um, yeah, I think, I think for other parents to, to just know that that's, that's what you have to do and you have to let your kids pursue those things. And, and while it may be a little scary, it may be uh, a little stressful. Um, you know, when you get to the end result, the final result, it's, it's one of the most exciting things as a parent that you can feel. And one of the, one of the good things about this happening with you and your family in 2022 is the ability to have a conversation at least like this with them, you know, more often than, you know, a, a once a month phone call that would, you know, cost $714 and 32 cents, you know, because it was, you know, because yeah, well, kind of you know, th- things like WhatsApp and, and you know, Facebook yes. Messenger and things like that make it a little easier, obviously, than, than actually having a phone call. But, um, yeah, I guess the thing and, uh, you know, I hate to drop a bomb with like, you know, whatever, a minute or two left in our conversation. But no, the other okay. hard thing you had mentioned, what's the hardest thing about being away is I was actually diagnosed with multiple myeloma, a form of blood plasma cancer in mm-hmm. July of uh 2020 so obviously that was you know about you know seven or eight months after she had moved and about right five months after ryan had moved and um and they were so obviously down. that was tough that was tough during lockdown and you know they couldn't come home and mm-hmm. and not that they needed to but but certainly um i know a friend of danny said that you know he had been uh, you know, immediately kind of went to worst cases. Like, what if, 
what if treatment doesn't go well? And what if, you know, what if Danny can't get home? And so I, I didn't really talk to Danny about whether she was feeling those sorts of things, but I know, you know, on our end, that is one of the things that we were kind of thinking of. And, yeah. and you know, I haven't talked to her directly about did it stress her out and how much and, but, uh, you know, I know that, you know, I, I still have some physical effects from that. So I know Danny and Ryan noticed that while I was there. I don't, I don't walk as well as I used to, for example. Um, and so, uh, so I, I think that I, I, well, I know Danny made a comment and I know that, that in terms of our visit was even hard because, you know, she, she, uh, she finally got a chance to see me and, uh, I used to, even up until the time, you know, that, that I was diagnosed, I was playing a lot of sports myself. I was still mm -hmm. playing soccer and volleyball and taking self-defense lessons. In fact, self-defense lessons was, was when, uh, I realized my pain was so great. I needed to, to go to the doctor to talk to him about what was going on because, yeah. uh, uh, I was, I was actually learning to throw somebody and, and, uh, the pain in my back was so bad that that I couldn't even throw the lightest person in the, in the, uh, in the self-defense class. And, um, so anyway, that, like I said, I hate to throw that in at the end, but no, I, that's, I don't know why, and, and you know I, don't know why I didn't think of that earlier, but the, the fact but, that you uh, did, the fact that you did the self-defense class may have very well, you know, in, in a roundabout way may have saved your life. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's it's it is interesting because fortunately, um, you know, as multiple myeloma goes, what they tell me is I have the most plain vanilla case of of just about anyone. So it's fortunately it's very treatable. But I lost uh, I lost some bone, significant amount of bone in my sacrum and and uh, half of L five, and uh, so it's 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 caused some. Anyway, like I said, in short, it's caused some issues with. Um, some of my lower body stability and, and flexibility and, and even strength. And so I'm, I'm still regain, regaining that okay. we did. Uh, don't want everybody to feel sorry for me. I did walk close to 10 miles uh, on the day we went to uh, Katoomba. So um, a little surprising to me even, but um, it worked. So, so but that, I, I guess just my point is I, I don't know what all was going through Danny's mind is, you know, she was going through her own trial of, of being delisted and, and all that. Well, I have this strange feeling that when she listens to this, you're going to be having a conversation with her about that. <laughs> we might be, yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe this is a good thing that we're doing this then. So, yeah, um, Doug, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, sir. This has been a lot of fun. I, I've, I've loved your insight because you have had and you're still having a very unique experience with what Danny has gone through or is going through with this, with this career. But, and I think in many ways, you know, even if it's a, uh, you know, a parent of a, uh, a, a player who maybe that player is, is, you know, in Victoria and, you know, ends up playing for a club in Perth or Adelaide or, you know, in the gold coast or that sort of thing that, that they can draw a little bit from your experiences with this, because it's, you you you're going through something that that is you know somewhat unique but there are some parallels that could be drawn there yeah i think i think that's true i mean just having 
it may be even harder for parents that have, uh, you know, the 18 year old maybe that runs off, mm-hmm. you know, from, let's say from Sydney to Perth, you know, all the way across the country or right, something right. like that. Um, or, you know, I mean, I suppose it's possible for other American women to, to be there and have this experience. And, and uh, I think, I think the one thing that did make it a little easier for us is Danny, you know, she was married, she was in her late twenties at the time. So she was pretty mature. We trusted her a lot. Mm-hmm. That made it a bit easier, but yeah, I, I think this experience, um, hopefully other parents can, can identify and learn from this. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank Doug Herring from Colorado Springs, the uh, father of Essendon VFLW player, Danny Marshall, for taking time out of his uh, afternoon to sit down and talk with me. Doug, this was a lot of fun, sir. I thank you so very, very much for your time today. Thanks, Craig. I really appreciate you. You bet. You bet. And a huge thank you to Doug Herring for taking time out of his afternoon to sit down and talk about what was, quite frankly, a rather personal couple of years in the life of his family. Ladies and gents, I wanted to invite you to check out the podcast Buy Me a Coffee page. If you like what the podcast is doing and you want to help out, you can certainly do that. Click on the little yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner of my website, yankonthefooty.com. And also, if you're interested in any of the podcast gear, you can click on the store page up at the top, which will take you to my Redbubble page. And I've got stickers, T-shirts, things of that nature there. And I will let you know that the uh, the water bottles, they're pretty high quality. A couple of my students actually purchased some of those. And uh, as well as the new T-shirt, really sharp. I'm going to be getting one of those for myself as well here pretty soon. Now, folks, don't forget that if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, head over to my website and fill out the guest intake form. I've got several of those that I need to be going through right now. I've got a couple great uh, guests lined up that I just need to nail down date and time for them. Looking forward to sitting down and talk with them. You can also sign up for the mailing list there as well. So when a new episode comes out, it will be in your mailbox as soon as it is available. Don't forget that you can uh, leave a review over there as well. That's a huge help. If you go over to the website, uh, you can leave a review right on the website, or it will take you off to Spotify or to, I believe, Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a review for the show as well. And and word of mouth is a great way to help the show. So if you like what I'm doing, leaving a great review is is certainly a way to help me get more uh, people in listening to the show. And remember, you can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on or on Instagram at a yank on the footy, or you can find me on Facebook. Just look for a yank on the footy podcast. That's the new page. And you can reach me by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. Now folks, I do hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family. If you enjoy the show, I, I do again, ask you to consider leaving a review. That would be a huge help. Get on that mailing list as well. And folks, This is a great conversation. You know, I've traded messages with Mr. Herring quite a bit on LinkedIn uh, over the last several months as we were gearing up for this. Just a a terrific gentleman. And uh, Danny is just a top-notch young lady, and I I wish her nothing but the best going forward. I hope she gets another crack at the AFLW. Hopefully that will happen this year. There's so many opportunities that are going to be out there. Folks, look out for each other. Take care of one another. Be decent. Be kind. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit that post. I will talk to you very soon.
This has been episode 160 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at A Yank on the Footy or on Facebook. Just search out A Yank on the Footy podcast. Thanks, everybody, and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye.